What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1123. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com. Or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do your part to reduce waste and recycle right. Many of us are ordering more items, such as food and other goods, delivered to our homes. More packages means more waste. Consolidate smaller orders into one larger order to reduce waste. When shopping in person, bring a reusable bag. Recycle right by keeping plastic bags, foam containers, rechargeable batteries, and garden hoses out of your recycling bin. Learn more at GoRecycle.org. Brought to you by Prince William County, District of Columbia, and American Disposal Services. 
Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick here today to talk about the first of the free agent positional groups, the outside linebackers today, joined by Gabe Ferguson of Raven Situation Room. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you tonight, Ken? No complaints at all. And I've really been looking forward to this conversation. One of the really important ones for the Ravens with five of their six outside linebackers, one of the deepest cores in the league, I think we'd agree, uh, hitting free agency this uh this uh march 17th <laughs> yeah it's kind of wild for the ravens to have so many players at the same position come up for free agency at once um i'm not sure it's something that they had hoped or planned to have that way but you know with judon going on the free age or on the franchise tag this past season the trade for Ngakwe, it kind of just worked out that way so um yeah it's it's, a, it's an exciting class of free agents i think it's a pretty deep class and i think there's a lot of names that we're going to touch on today yeah, we will. And I, I think we kind of talked in our production meeting about talking about the Ravens free agents first, because they're contributing five to this enormous group of free agents, a bunch of stacked contracts, obviously. You know, stacked contracts don't have to occur all at one position. They did occur this time around for the Ravens at one position. They, they did not get Bowser signed early, which means they probably will have to pay more for him now if they want to retain him. Uh, you know, Judon, obviously, they couldn't work a deal out with, but the Ravens face a similar situation next year with a lot of stacked 2018 draft pick contracts yeah that's definitely the case and i think with bowser um you know we can talk about him right now because i think he's someone that they, they might be you know a little upset that they didn't get that extension on locked in maybe last year you know they had the money for judon um they had him on the franchise tag so maybe that kind of played into it but you know he's someone that has seen progressively more snaps i think throughout his entire career as a raven he's been productively progressively more productive i think he's been asked to do more and more things in the defense and mm -hmm. he's someone that is honestly the perfect fit for what the ravens want to do at that same linebacker position and i kind of want to talk a little bit real briefly here about the different kind of positions that the ravens have at outside linebacker so you have the sam the strong side linebacker that's more of a kind of a versatile position where you have someone who can you know play the run but then on passing downs you can have him drop into coverage they do that regularly with judon with bowser um, they also blitz them from different alignments so they have them move around um, and then also you know i think it's something that you can see them sometimes switch around to the other side and they'll play the rush a little bit too. But for the most part, it's more of a versatile athletic kind of position on the Ravens defense. And then the rush linebacker is a little bit more of a, I'll talk about the Sam here for just a okay, second because okay. I don't want to put you in a, you know, creating a manifesto that I want to line item talk about. You're absolutely right about the Sam linebacker position. And it's the key to Martindale's blitz scheme is the ability to move that Sam around. And in fact, what you'll notice from last year and from the last couple of years is the Ravens will play both of their Sam linebackers on the same play on on passing downs with the option to drop either one. They're very adept at uh, having either step back to an inside linebacker position rush from there. But there's a lot of versatility in that position. And most of the Ravens blitz versatility and their their ability to really rush any of nine players regularly, not talking to two outside corners, uh, is really based on what those outside linebackers, what those Sam linebackers in particular can do. Yeah, absolutely. And then that versatility to either rush, move forward, blitz, or move backwards in coverage is kind of you know what the hallmark 
of Wing Martindale's defense is, and it's a really critical position for for the way he likes to play. Um, and I think those two players, Judon and Bowser, like you said, they were on the field a lot together because they could both do that, and that just add another layer of you know confusion potentially to the defense. Then on the other side, you have someone um, like Pernell McPhee, who's more of a traditional edge rusher, you know, set the edge against the pass, and then. Bl- then just you know, kind of rush, wit, try to win off the edge, compress the pocket, is a lot of what they've done recently with with that rush linebacker. Um, obviously, they brought in Ngakwe mm-hmm. last year to kind of maybe add a little bit more speed off the edge from that rush position. Um, you know, he had some nice games as a Raven, but he also had a few underwhelming performances. Overall, I didn't think he turned out to be a great fit for what the Ravens wanted to do. Um, and I think we saw that as his snap counts actually diminished over the course of the season. He kind of played a lot when they first got him, and then you started to see that number dip down towards the end there. They were, they were very specific about why they played him, and there's a couple of things going on. One is the Ravens were playing many fewer defensive snaps towards the end of the year. But second of all, they really decided that they didn't want Ngakwe in against the run, which is completely the correct call, by the way. You have an undersized outside linebacker. Oftentimes on the rush size, you don't want him in there. And that kind of worked very well, I thought, with McPhee in terms of having him come in and be, take on more of an edge-setting role on early downs. And and he plays on the outside and early downs. And, of course, Pernell McPhee, the hallmark of him is he kicks inside in their four outside linebacker passage and is very effective rushing from there as well. Absolutely. And, you know, he's kind of one of the first players that the Ravens really utilized in that role um, as a true like outside linebacker that was able to to kind of play that interior defensive tackle on this position, three technique um, on passing downs. So Darius Smith kind of took over that role after McPhee left, and he was very productive in that role as well. Um, Now, once McPhee came back, it was kind of between him and Jihad Ward in the past two years. Uh, Ward is another player who's played a lot of those interior snaps on passing downs. Um, He's played fairly well and productive in that role as well. So, you know, the Ravens have kind of a a large kind of, number of players, but also varying skill sets that they have in their free agent outside linebackers. And I think it's going to be interesting to see which one of those they target in terms of the versatility that they bring and the potential upside that they bring. Who would be your guy of the of the five that is the must sign for a combination of value and uh, other attributes they bring? I think it's Bowser. I, th- I think in terms of what he can do in this defense, in terms of the ability to play standing up, he can rush, he can drop into coverage. He's gotten better as a run defender. I think he's clearly the player that they need to bring back. I think then it's Ward, maybe. Go ahead. Just want to make the the key point about Bowser here. The career passer rating against Bowser, 55.9. That's career passer rating, throwing to Bowser his target. It's not a small number of coverage snaps. He had approximately 150 last year. That's extraordinary number for for an outside linebacker. And he's a very rare outside linebacker where he's the best coverage linebacker on the team. That is so extraordinarily rare. It can happen in a 4-3, you know, where the guy's playing off ball, a lot of snaps. It never happens in a 3-4. Never. And, uh, and this is a remarkable exception to that rule. But Tyus Bowser, a wonderful player. Judon is not too far behind him as a coverage guy. He's not, the same. He's not as good, but, but he's not too far behind him. And that's what really makes this defense so special is they can be dropping from either side when they're on the field together. Yeah, Judon is very athletic for someone his size. He's bigger than, than Bowser is. I think that's some of the advantages he has as a pass rusher. Um, Bowser, 
he's more fluid. He's a more fluid athlete, and that's, that gives him that ability and coverage. And one of the things about Bowser that's really impressive, he has great hands. He has four interceptions as an outside linebacker in the limited snaps he's had. That's pretty that's impressive. a lot of that contribution to the 55.9 passer rating because obviously that's 39.6 that the quarterback didn't get by having all those interceptions. He has a remarkable career and very, very good hands for, for an outside linebacker. You don't talk about an outside linebacker with ball skills, but he's got them. Yeah, I mean, you see, I've seen him. There's a few times where he's like even lined up as kind of like the nickel, like slot kind of position where he's just asked to just drop into coverage, not even blitzing or looking like he might fake a blitz and then drop into coverage. He's just simply out there, at, like over a over a tight end or over um, a wide receiver out there at times. So he has that athleticism that's really unique. That's why I think he's the player that the Ravens really should bring back. I think they know the value of him more than most other teams out there. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's just the, the two teams that I'm worried about getting are in New England and the New York Jets. The, the New York Jets certainly understand Bowser's value because of the Joe Douglas connection. And he fits everything New England would do. So it's just a question of who really wants to bid more. But I think at the, at the, in a worst case scenario from Bowser's point of view, uh, there's several teams in the east and north that will be bidding up his value. And Bowser had a, had you know not a great sack year last year. In fact, Judon and Bowser both you know played a lower role in terms of sacks, uh, but still, uh, Bowser's a fine pass rusher. Does he had a, lot, a number of quarterback hits, a number of pressures. Uh, he's not a, a you know a low value pass rusher. He's just a great coverage player. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if he was given, you know, a larger share of the snaps, I think last year he had maybe a 550 about that. I think if he saw that number up to about 750, maybe a few more pass rush snaps, I think he'd be someone who could, you know, be pushing, you know, the seven, eight sacks on a, on a regular basis if he was given more consistent pass rush snaps. It it might be more about role too, Gabe, because if he's if he's actually rushing the pass, so that's one thing, but you take 150 coverage snaps away yeah. from anybody, you know, pass rush snaps, because most outside linebackers, I mean, they rush the quarterback almost all the time. Right. And a, a typical outside linebacker might have 30 to 40 drops per year, but not 150. 150 is very close to the league lead. Judon, from this year to last year, uh, it had his number of actual pass rush snaps dropped by 25%. Some of that was reduced snaps, but the other part of it was increased coverage responsibilities. And if you look at his pass rush productivity, it's all of his drop is based on that, yeah. is, is based on the number of actual rush snaps. Yeah, that definitely plays a huge part into some of those numbers that might make a player look more flashy on the free agent market if the sack numbers well he had you know 900 passer snaps that's why he has 12 sacks so if you cut that number in half then it doesn't look nearly as good so one thing to consider for sure um Really quickly, I, I wanted to mention, go back to Jihad Ward, because I think he's a player that's interesting in his productivity and limited snaps that he's had with the Ravens. Um, I think he had maybe two, two and a half sacks this year as a Raven. Um, but he didn't have very many snaps as a, as a pass rusher, and there were times where he was a, you know, a healthy scratch. So I think that he's someone who, given a bigger role, if, you know, if he sees... 500 600 snaps he could be a more impactful player and he, i'm not sure what his market's going to be um he might be looking for a bigger role on a team but the ravens are a team that could potentially be offering him that bigger role because they have a lot of vacant snaps leaving the door potentially yes yeah i, I think they'll be trimming from six outside linebackers to five this year i don't think they'll carry six even on the 53 um you know some of the notion that jihad is a spare defensive end somehow. I mean, I don't know how his position keeps getting misrepresented. He's an outside linebacker who has basically the same role as Pernell McPhee. 
He kicks inside on pass downs, but he would never take a snap inside unless it was an emergency situation uh, as a down lineman. So many things to like about Jihad Ward, but I'll start with the fact that he won't turn 27 still for another couple of months. It's until May that he turns 27. So he's still a young player. Uh, you know, was a second round draft pick originally, so he's out of, out of school earlier. I think, you know, he's he's potentially one of those players who'd be a great value for the Ravens to retain. Um, and, and we'll see how it works out. He's, uh, you know, he certainly did some good things, had a big play in the playoffs against Tennessee. Uh, I like who he is. I did not like some of the end of the season jawboning that was happening. But, you know, I think you forgive that for a player who really wants a regular role somewhere. Yeah, I think that's any any player is probably you know looking to be on the field. He doesn't want to be a healthy and active. So um, and I, I think at the end of the season, his, his play, you know, really validated that. I, I, mm-hmm. I think he played well in, in the snaps he was given when he when he was an active or when he was active because of some of the other injuries. And I think Ferguson moving into a. Uh, kind of that inactive spot so um and, and we, we briefly talked about pernell mcphee i think you know he's someone that definitely the ravens will try to bring back on on a pretty low contract number i don't think he's going to have much of a market out there i could be wrong about that but he's aging he has the injury history but he's still productive and i think he fits into what the ravens want and he's someone who they can give you know three four hundred snaps have him play early downs have him play some of the pass rush downs and he's versatile we talked about being able to play inside and outside so i think he's someone that the ravens will definitely try to keep as well yeah i, I agree and i think he's very important actually he had uh, just over 500 snaps this year which was his fourth highest total in his NFL career. And you think about how long Pernell McPhee's been around and the healthy years he had earlier. And he was a little bit of a specialist for the Ravens early on in his career, uh, but he did have more snaps in 2014 and then a couple of times, I believe, with the Bears. But he, he's uh, he's really reestablished himself as a regular rotational outside linebacker when it looked like he was going to be a 15-snap-a-game guy when the Ravens got him. And I'm sure there are teams that are out there and are afraid that's all they can be. But the problem with the Ravens isn't when can they get Pernell McPhee on the field? They'd love to have him on the field virtually every play because he's an outstanding run defender who can also rush the passer. And basically, you have to figure out when when can I rest Pernell McPhee to get the highest rotational value from him? And when, he's, when he comes to with a year like he did last year with over 500 snaps played, that makes his value very exciting. And, and I think that I think that the Ravens will be the team that recognizes that value and re-signs them, even if there's a couple dollars involved. Um, I thought, I would have told you maybe two months ago that he'd have been almost a sure vet minimum kind of contract with the highest possible bonus that's allowable under the, that veteran salary deal where they get cut down to the the vet minimum after adjustment, but for cap purposes, that is. But I don't think that's the case anymore necessarily. I think with some of the new things we're seeing in terms of the TV and and whatnot, I think there's going to, there are now a few more dollars in the league. So some of the people that have heard me, well, this is the first of these shows, some of the people have heard me be very negative on a lot of Ravens free agent signings. I'm, I'm going to be a little more liberal with the purse strings as we go through these in terms of thinking about who the Ravens might sign. doesn't mean I think everybody's a great, a great choice, but I think if they had to pay two and a half million for McPhee, I'd probably say yes to that. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty good value for what he brings and mm-hmm. there's always the injury risk with him obviously last season they brought him in he played a lot of snaps early on and that might have been what led to the injury um and him having to you know miss half the season um but 
I think even at that number, two and a half million, that, that's not a huge commitment to someone who's going no. to you know play really well when he's on the field. Yeah, and, and you, you know, it's it's basically you're paying about a million over, and and when it comes down to it, it's basically about one injury because you're you're you know your typical players making a million dollars, and when you have to add one to your payroll as the season goes on, that's really what you're talking about doing with, with a Pernell McPhee. And, you know, the Ravens are short at the position. McPhee is a very versatile player in terms of what he brings, which is amazing at this point is that he can do so many things. Well, he plays the run. Well, one of the teams that things I think will, will scare some other teams away from McPhee is they did not have a good year as a tackler last year. He had, 9, 10, 11 missed tackles, and the various sources, of course, have the average, but it was, a, it was a missed tackle rate of about 20%. That is not at all representative of what Pernell McPhee has done career. And some of it may be a case of being extremely disruptive, but still missing either in the pocket or on the edge. And I always say there's missed tackles and missed tackles. If you if you miss a tackle, but you but you turn the running back 125 degrees, you've probably helped your team's cause terrifically, even though you missed the tackle. Yeah, absolutely. If you can hold up the play long enough that somebody else can come in and clean up that tackle, it may be a missed tackle on the stat sheet, but you still cause the play to happen. It's a made play a lot, yeah. a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Well, one more thing I want to make sure we hit on is that the Ravens, when you look at their outside linebackers that are in the market, with the exception of McPhee, who's 33, one of the oldest and still one of the best, certainly for his age, you have a bunch of really young players compared to the rest of the league and the rest of the available talent. Gakwe is 26. And these are all 2021 season ages. And Gakwe is 26. Judon will be 28. Um, sorry, Bowser is 26 and Jihad Ward is 27. That is a young freaking group of players the Ravens are at risk of losing, and they really need to make sure they keep at least two of those, I would think. Yeah, I think that number is right. Um, the probably I would say the over under would be two and a half, and I would probably take the under on, on that. I think two number the under at two and a half. I think two is probably yeah. the the right number that the Ravens will be able to retain, and I think it probably would be McPhee and Bowser. Um, I would say Ward is kind of that third one that they might be able to do depending on what contract he can he signed for. Um, so I, th- I think you know the Ravens will be able to keep some continuity with the players that they have. I think that's a good thing, especially someone like Bowser, who's so versatile in that scheme. Um, And I think then you can add in maybe an additional free agent, maybe two, get somebody in the draft. And I think you have a nice group that you can go to to war with next year. Mm -hmm. If you, if you, if you do sign Bowser, that's a lot of your free agent money, but that's okay. That's it's, it's money well spent. I would not even say it's impossible at this point that they couldn't re-sign Judon. They're going to have to restructure some money around the team, and they're going to have to create a very backloaded contract for for him. But, you know, I'm just going down the list of these other players. They're just not that exciting. And when you think about it, Judon has no offsetting compensatory cost, other than the fact that if they lost Judon, they'd get a third-round pick. But he has no no offsetting compensatory cost, whereas a lot of the other players, they're going to end up costing you a third-round draft pick if you, yeah, that, if you sign them. That's a, that's a good point. Um, and, and the Ravens, you know, they do have probably at least one coming at them when, when Ngakwe signs somewhere else, which I think is almost a lock to happen. Um, and then, you know, that that's something that you can kind of work into the equation too. That's going to balance out. So you could potentially bring in somebody else, maybe at a lower rate than what Ngakwe is going to get and, and hope that you get that offset with another free agent that you lose. So um, we can start talking about some of the other outside linebackers out there. Um, 
So I think one that's really interesting for the Ravens, if they don't sign Tyus Bowser, his Hassan Reddick um, out of the Arizona Cardinals, because he kind of has a similar physicality combination of athleticism and pass rush ability. He is someone who has experience dropping into coverage. He did have his best year this past year. So I think there's a little bit of buyer beware with him, but that's not so unlike with Tyus Bowser, for instance, he was put in a position where he was allowed to do the things he does best. And I think he excelled in that. And I think he would be someone who would fit into the Ravens Sam linebacker position very well. All right. I, I didn't I do not have Reddick rate as high as everybody else. I know this. He's a C free agent in my idea. I like his age. Um, I really do not like his size at two thirty five to play against the run. He hasn't been a great run defender in his career. Um I, I you know, he's been asked to cover a lot during his career. Uh you know, being a, a smaller guy with with the athleticism you mentioned, he really has not been very good at it. And, you know, a lot of players, they're asked to do it a lot. And it's typically because they're very good at Hassan Reddick. I think he's asked to do it a lot because there isn't anybody else in Arizona to do it. And so he wasn't as high on my list. Uh, I can understand why somebody would really want him as a situational pass rusher. And I echo your comments on buying high. I mean, this is Bitcoin at 50,000 to get Hassan Hassan Reddick after the big year he had last year. So, um, you know, he he wouldn't be at the top of my list, uh, but I understand why people are interested in him. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's at the top of my list, but I think he's someone who could fit into that role of what the the Sam linebacker does for the Ravens. And there's not too many players on the free agent market who can do that. And yeah, I think very, he's one. Very valid point. So you'd you'd, you'd be betting on him being a better coverage guy than he was in Arizona if you did that. But uh, but but I don't disagree. Uh, you have another name. Um, so another name that I think is more a little bit more of a kind of basement bargain basement kind of name and that's Kerry Hyder. Um he's an outside linebacker, edge defender from San Francisco. He started his career in Detroit. He had a few years where he didn't play very much, had some injuries. The two years where he's gotten over 700 snaps, he's gotten eight sacks both those years, over 50 pressures. I think he's someone who could come in, um get a second contract, two to three year contract at a kind of a value level and be fairly productive as a rotational outside linebacker. Pure rush linebacker, uh, Hyder. He's a bigger guy. Um, you, you really would, would be betting on him being able to continue to stop the run, but he's a Suggs like body at six two two seventy. Suggs is actually a little bit taller. Uh, so this is, this is a, a very large muscular player. Uh, he, as a pass rusher, he's been okay. Um, and, and I, I, I think, you know, he'd be fine. He is the type of player that you're talking about that has almost all of their on-field snaps or pass rush snaps, meaning all their pass snaps while they're on the field. Um, it drops to cover very infrequently, uh, only about 40 times in a five-year career. Uh, to, to me, he's he's a, a, a pure rush linebacker. He's going to hit. He'll be 30 when this season starts. I, I didn't love him for that reason. But uh, but, you know, I understand the, the attraction to him as well. I, I Reddick's ahead of him. Certainly, you're, you're really talking about Hyder being a b- bargain basement guy. I think you get him at the right price. He could, he could be good. And he could be effectively um, if you lost McPhee. Yeah, he could be McPhee. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's definitely, like you said, the rush linebacker position. He can kick inside. He's put, he played more defensive tackle earlier in his career. He's moved kind of more to outside. Um, but I think he has that versatility still. And. You know, I don't think he'll be that expensive. And I think that's kind of the 
the nice thing about him. Yeah, not a lot of tread wear for his age either would be another good point to make. I mean, he's been in the league for uh, five years, but he missed an entire season in 2017 and and uh, he's only, only played a couple thousand snaps at this point. I think that's a that's a, that's not a bad place to be in terms of still having a motor. Okay, wait, wait, I'll bring up a player one we should talk about. Obviously, is Von Miller at 32. One of the nice things about about drafting or uh, signing Von Miller is there's no compensatory offset for him. Uh, certainly a Hall of Fame pass rusher with right now a pretty serious off-field um, situation going on, which would have to be resolved. I think the Ravens obviously are going to be very uh, cognizant of that and, and, and mindful of it if they, if they did decide to, to sign him. And he also is coming off a year where, where he missed the entire season and obviously been a consistently outstanding player, run and pass for his entire career. But at 32, missing a season has an off-field issue. You really wonder. So obviously, like you said, Von Miller, Hall of Fame career. Um, he Has he been officially released or is he has an option year with, with the Broncos? I'm not sure what his contract status is. Yeah, it's a club option. And I'm not sure either whether he's officially been reduced, but I know that was the plan. Okay. So we, we'll check on that. But you're, you, you could be correct. It could be jumping the, the gun on declaring him a free agent. So it, it could be that if that has not yet happened. I definitely thought the overriding perception was that he was going to be let go. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he's someone who um, could fill the similar tracks of us other previous Denver Bronco who came to play for the Ravens to end his career. Oh, yeah. And that worked out really well for, for Baltimore. So, you know, Von Miller is someone who would, be impactful for, at that, you know, outside linebacker position, someone that, you know, I think the Ravens hope that they were going to get when they traded for Ngakwe. It didn't really work out that way. I think if Von Miller is healthy, the same player that he was in earlier on in his career, he can still be extremely productive. Yeah. It, there's the Ravens certainly have a lot of complimentary players who would make it easier for him starting with his ex teammate Wolf. You probably, you probably resign Wolf if you get Miller, just because Wolf is more excited about playing here, but even players like Campbell and uh, Matabike, uh, you know, are, are perfectly capable inside pick players that would be very useful for um, Miller to add to his sack total. The reason that, that Miller, I think, is presumed cut is that his base salary this year is $17.5 million. It's the last year of a six-year deal as it is. So I think that even though... Uh, you know, there's a tiny amount of dead money on the contract, frankly, less than $5 million. I think the, the assumption was that they would let him go. And actually, there's a workout bonus as well. So there's $18 million in savings uh, if Denver cuts him. So I think it just makes sense from that perspective they will end up doing it, uh, which makes it more attractive to the Ravens, but also probably to a lot of other teams that want to make, you know, structure a multi-year deal for him. Yeah, I think that... It- I mean, there's a chance that the Broncos might restructure him and extend him. And that's something that they still have the ability to do. But, you know, they have to make that decision soon because that, that I think that option is coming up really quick. Right. They're also the Broncos. So, you know, they're not uh, probably ready to contend at this exact moment. And in so doing, I mean, you know, they, they, they should be making a hard choice like this, which probably means releasing Miller is the right call. Uh Teams tend to get very practical when they're in a down cycle. Yeah. All right. Um, So pick your next. I was going to say, so this is someone who I'm not sure is going to be available. 
Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. But I think he might be the cream of the crop in terms of just pure edge rushing ability, which is uh, Shaq Barrett from Tampa Bay. Um, he's probably the highest rated outside linebacker defensive end available. I'm not sure he's someone the Ravens would break the bank for, but he has put together back-to-back very high-quality seasons um, for the Buccaneers. He doesn't come off the field. He plays, you know, 800, 900 snaps, mm-hmm. mostly, you know, rushing the passer. He's, he's not that you know, guys who want to drop into coverage. He's your rush linebacker. But he is someone who I think has been a consistently high-level pass rusher. And I think, I don't know if, like I said, that's a lot of money to invest in free agency, but he could be, you know, someone who could be an impact player. Yeah, I agree. I, I You know, when I look at the entire set of outside linebackers, there's only, only four players who I think are an A scheme fit slash value for the Ravens. And Shaq Barrett's one. Judon and Bowser are two others. And then and then I've got a fourth that we'll, we'll, we'll get to next, I think. Uh, but but Shaq Barrett definitely would be exciting. Uh, Barrett is a Baltimore guy, correct, if I'm if I'm thinking? I'm not sure about that one. And I, th- I, I believe he is. I believe he grew up here. But anyway, we, we, we'll I'm sure people know, in fact, and I thought there was a there was a question about that. Um, but anyway, we'll uh, we'll move on. Uh, the next guy and, and the other A, I think, comes right out of the division is Carl Lawson, who is a guy who I think is probably not going to draw the very top dollars in the market. But he's 26 years old, one hell of a pass rusher. And he's exactly that. It's not like there's any confusion about what he does for you. He comes in in passing situations and he rushes the quarterback from the outside. Yeah, absolutely. He he's not much of a run defender, even though he has decent size. Um, that might be something that he could develop into. He's still young, like you said. The big thing with him is he's missed almost two full seasons with injuries. And while he's had two really productive years, I think his rookie year and and his fourth year of his rookie deal, he's been excellent. Um, but those two years in between where he wasn't fully healthy, that kind of has you you know asking: Is he someone you can really commit? You know you know, what, 15 million average per year probably to? I'm, I'm not sure I'm willing to do that. Yeah, I, I'm, I, if it's that high, I'm not in on the value train. But if it's, if it's a lower number than that, if we're talking about um, it's 11 million because of all the things that have happened on this rookie contract, then that's, that's a player that I consider targeting. And, and you know, if, if it's Judon at 15 or him at 11, I'm, that's how I would kind of have thought of the relativity of these two players and maybe it's Shaq Barrett at 19, uh, you know, would be, would be another one along that, along that efficient frontier. But, you know, you're, you're, you're going to end up paying more uh, for the better player. And if, if Lawson really costs 15 million, then I don't think you sign him obviously. Yeah. And I think if someone's going to pay him 11 million, it would probably be Cincinnati because, you know, they have the space to, to put that much money for him and he's, you know, drafted there. I think he's been productive there. He's young. I don't see why they would let him walk out the door if, if that's I, all. I don't know why he'd want to stay there. I mean, he does have a choice in this matter. So that's he true. could franchise him, uh, and then and then it would cost him more. 
Um, you know, a lot of this is predicated on, on where I think the market is. So if I'm being unrealistic about the market, then he may not be an A player if he's really a $15 million a year guy. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And it, one of the things that I've totally kind of noticed is the just the overall lack of large amount of cap space. And mm-hmm. I think there isn't going to be somebody who's going to drop, you know, $18 million on the Darius Smith, that kind of thing. Um, there's going to be a, a reduction for sure in, in the type of overall value. And the top players like Shaquille Barrett, he'll get paid. I'm not sure about Carl Lawson. You might be right. He might be in that next tier below with with Matthew Judon um, and maybe someone else that we're going to talk about here. Um, I think another guy could be Leonard Floyd. Um, He's someone who has been a little underwhelming when he was with the Bears. He moved out to Los Angeles, went next to Aaron Donald and had a 13-sack season. Um, There's some real ability off the edge there he's another player who can drop into coverage um he has some of that fluidity some athleticism so he's someone who's attractive because of that versatility and he is still pretty young so i think there's a lot of potential upside with him i think he and lawson might reach that similar range in the value because they've had some inconsistency in their earlier contract years so he could be a potential value pick yeah now floyd has been a finisher which is one of the things that's going to make him a high value, but I love him. Um, He's a guy I would love the Ravens to have because I think he exactly fills the Sam linebacker need. Uh, He's got approximately 500 career coverage snaps to prove it, and he's he's played very well during that time. So I'd be all for it. The problem is that he's been very effective as a pass rusher during that time too. And and two, I, I have a feeling that other teams are going to look at that and value it more highly than the Ravens will. Uh, and, and, you know, he's, he's a player that may be priced out of the Ravens range. If, if I had the choice for Bowser or Floyd, I'd probably take Floyd in a one-on-one battle, but I think it's going to be Floyd at 13 million or Bowser at 6 million. I'm, I'm obviously on the Bowser train. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I have Floyd in like a 12 to 15 range I'm not sure exactly what the money's going to fall. I think we're probably in about the same area. Uh, Bowser is probably more like the seven to nine range. That's where I think he's going to end up going. So Bowser at that cost, yeah, I might lean Bowser. But if you can get Floyd at the bottom end of that, then I think he'd probably go with Floyd. Yeah, Floyd is older. Uh, he'll be 29 when the season starts almost exactly on that day. Bowser's only 26. So I, I really like how age uh, you know, would, would lean you towards Bowser. And I think the Ravens will be very cognizant of that and, and realize that edge rushers you know, don't last forever. Uh, and, and a lot of Bowser's skills, he's at his peak and probably will be for the next year or two at least before he starts to show meaningful decline. Yeah, and I, I think Bowser, you know, we've already talked about him a good amount, but I think he still has more room to grow. He's he's shown that positive trajectory, and I think he might be someone who's still blossoming. So I think that's something that is definitely to be considered in you know the potential contract moving forward. You're not going to want to pay for that necessarily, but you do want to consider that. Do you think that that if Judon left, that a lot of what Bowser would do in terms of flexibility would result to more? stunt opportunities and more pass rush opportunities or do you think if judon leaves that's going to put the pressure on him to an even greater degree to be used in coverage and it might actually further reduce his pass rush numbers yeah that's a really good question and i think it might just depend on who else they put next to him Mm -hmm. Um, because if he can kind of fill in that role that judon had where he's kind of like a 
jack of all trades, moving chess piece, you know, blitzing from different alignments, dropping into coverage sometimes, rushing off the edge at times. I think he could be very productive. But on the flip side, if the Ravens don't have another guy who can drop into coverage at all, that's him. Yeah, the, the role you just described for Judon, they move all over the field via chess piece, that's made possible by the fact they have Bowser. You know, if you, if you don't have that guy to stand there and basically drop off the line of scrimmage, you really can't line up Judon as a standing inside linebacker, at least not very often, and do the kind of things they did with him to allow him to, you know, pick a gap and be the key man in a rush scheme. Uh, Judon did suffer, a, you know, a, a, restriction, a reduction in his total pass rush snaps, but he still got a lot of advantageous pass rush snaps, too. So, I, I you know... I'm a, unfortunately, I think I'm of the opinion they really need to figure out who not lined up right next to him, but who's lined up on the opposite side is really the key on those passing downs. Do they have another guy who really has some flexibility? And I think that guy's probably going to come from the draft. I don't think there's there's not an obvious guy other than maybe Floyd in the group they have out there who could do it. Yeah, and I think you know there are some other guys who kind of fit more into the. Maybe you can play a little bit inside, maybe a little bit outside. Mostly rush linebacker. They're not going to be able to drop into coverage. Um, I'm thinking about you know Trey Hendrickson, Romeo Aquara. You know they're about like six three, six four, two seventy. They have big bodies, kind of like the Zadarius Smith kind of player. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some similarities between Smith as well because both these players they really had really strong final years of their contracts. Um, they kind of had you know out. 10 plus sacks in their, in their final year and they didn't really do much in the years before that maybe a little bit here and there but then they really come out in that final year um i don't know what the what the market for them is going to be and i don't know exactly how they will be used in in the ravens scheme as well mm-hmm. all right uh, you want to go for another one i've got one ready to go here if you don't um why don't you go ahead okay well my next guy i want to talk about and i don't really think he's a good fit for the ravens is bud dupree uh, 28 years old, so that that's still decent as far as good available free agents, but just seems to be a massively overrated player. I think of all the players on the list, I think he probably benefited the most from scheme in Pittsburgh, and his pass rush productivity is still not that impressive given what he was. And that's that's all he does. He doesn't drop the cover. So, you know, I think uh, despite all of the scheme benefits, I just don't think he's really that special. I've always felt that way about him. He's definitely taken advantage of having elite talent around him um I, th- I think he has you know some ability to rush off the edge but he's not a special athlete um and i think that he while i think in the right scheme he can be successful obviously he's done a good job in pittsburgh but you know coming off an injury his production has been inflated by the players around him. He's just not someone I'd be interested in having in the, on the Ravens. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, seeing the Roethlisberger contract, and we're we're taping this, by the way, on 3-8 or March 8th. I'm going to try and be careful to include that in all the things because free agency changes quickly, of course, and we'll have cuts that we'll, we'll add to this list and we won't have hit on them in this show because of that. Um, but it's uh, – um, the, the Ravens uh, just got the news, of course, of Roethlisberger's contract being – basically cut in terms of the value to it and then spread out over five years, which is a huge coup for Pittsburgh. Enormous coup. You know, a team that was was way over cap is now under. 
and they're in in reasonable shape now to go out, make a couple of moves, but more importantly, just be not be out of money when the season starts. And uh, and unfortunately, that that's that's uh, Bud Dupree and not signing him, I think, would be another big boon for them if they were able to get a third round compensatory pick of somebody stupid enough to really pay for him. Yeah, it's tough to really see him being signed to a big contract with with the injury he suffered. And it's probably more likely a one-year prove-it deal for him, in, in my opinion. I don't think it'll be in Pittsburgh. Um, it's probably going to be, you know, maybe he could go to someplace like the Jets um, who are just looking for someone who could just, you know, come in and pop. Um, and they have the, the money to, to spend on, on that kind of a potential hit, you know. So, I, I'm, but yeah, for me, he's a, he's a stay away. That's interesting. That really cost him a, the injury may have cost him a compensatory pick. You got another? So I'm going to go with a veteran who I think could potentially be a good fit at that rush outside linebacker position. That's Melvin Ingram. Um, he played he played his entire career in, in San Diego slash Los Angeles. He's been a very productive pass rusher. He's had, you know, some of that ability to play that kind of Pernell McPhee kick inside at times. Um, he's a little smaller than McPhee is, but um, he does play, a little, he plays physically. I think he's got some nice physicality to him. Um, and, and he just, is a pretty solid, consistent pass rusher. He's not going to be someone who's going to do, you know, 10, 12 sacks, I don't think, at this point in his career. But I think he can definitely be someone who contributes. Sneaky good coverage player the last five years or so. Uh, you know, he's, he's definitely a guy who can drop from the line of scrimmage, which is, is not ordinary for a guy who really plays in a 4-3 system. So he's had... 250 maybe total coverage snaps the last five years and been pretty good in that role. Consistently outstanding pass rusher. Wouldn't have any problem with his productivity there uh, in, in, in terms of uh, having him come in. Did not have a sack last year, by the way, but he still you know, generated a fair amount of pressure. So I, I, I don't have a problem at all with uh, giving him a little money. Do you think that his value will be significantly depressed by that zero sack number? Because that's how the Ravens got Pernell McPhee. I think it might be depressed a little bit for sure I, th- I think if he had you know had playing next to joey bosa all season healthy he might be getting you know close to 10 12 million per year um i think it might be something more like the six to eight range now now that he didn't have quite that production last year i think he's going to be substantially less than that he's 32 years old mm-hmm. um come the opener my guess is ingram will sign somewhere in the three to six million dollar range and i couldn't tell you exactly where but this is this is going to be more of a I don't know if you know if you'll even do a one year prove it deal, but maybe there's somewhere he'd sign. Maybe it's in in uh, in L.A. at that price for for two years, say. But uh, but I think I think he's going to be a bargain. I don't think anybody's going to really break the bank to sign him. Well, at that price, he's definitely someone I'd like the Ravens to consider bringing in. Mm-hmm. All right. That would be a cool one to watch. Um, Justin Houston is 32 years old. Game fell off dramatically in 2020. He did have eight sacks. Uh, is he a guy you would look at? I would rather have Ingram between the two of them. They're kind of both the veterans about the same age range. Um, Similar profiles too with the fall off year in 2020. Yeah. You know, Houston, he might've had a better peak, a longer, higher peak than, than Ingram has. I'm not sure he's been a little bit more up and down perhaps. Um, I'm not sure what he has left. I I feel like he, maybe he really did hit a, hit a kind of a, a cliff last year. So I wouldn't pay much money for him. Maybe like, a one-year, two-year kind of deal where you're giving him four to five million, but I, I would definitely prefer Ingram. Mm-hmm. All right, um, a guy whose name came up a lot last year was Marcus Golden. He was an older pass rusher then. I didn't like him. 
even though he's, he's he's basically just finished his first contract plus a one-year deal, I believe, or maybe it's a two-year deal with the Giants. Um, he's now 30, uh, and he's uh, just does not excite me as a guy who's out there and available. Yeah, I don't think he's someone I'd be interested in. He's never really shown me much as a run defender. Um, he's kind of just a, he's a better pass rusher, but he's not exceptional at that either. Um, you know, he, he'll get you, you know, half a dozen sacks probably, but it's not going to be someone who comes along with a lot, a lot of pressures. It's, it's not going to be a consistent pressure uh, quarterback pressure generator, I, w- I would say. Right. He's he's switching systems to come to Baltimore, which means he's going to be bigger in a relative sense than he was with the Giants, say, because with the with the Giants, they're playing in a four three, of course. And he's he has to play more consistently uh, straight up against that tackle instead of being blocked by a tight end sometimes. And if he's back in a in an outside linebacker uh, role with the uh, uh, with the Ravens, I you know, the hope would be that he could he could pick up something as a pass rusher, have more wide snaps and more ability to do that. Uh, but but obviously he's he's a guy who um, never drops to cover really. Um, so you wouldn't ask him to do that. Uh, and and you're you're really just asking what can he produce as a pass rusher? And I think there are legitimate questions there. Yeah, I, I, he's another player that I just really wouldn't have too much interest in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's there's a name that's floating out there that we haven't mentioned. He was linked to the Ravens a lot last year, um, but I'm hesitant. His name is Jadavian Clowney. <laughs> um, he barely played last year. He wasn't very productive when he was on the field. Um, he has a long history of injury concerns, but there's still some of that potential with him. If he has a healthy season and you can get him for cheap, he might be a difference maker. There's only 28 too. And, and, you know, and for all of the things, the problems that Clowney's had in terms of, of being there, whenever he's been on the field, he's been one hell of a fucking football player. So it's, I, I'm, I love it. He's another guy coming off a zero sack year. Maybe you get him at a bargain. Didn't really play all that much last year, but um, if, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pay 12 million for one year like the Titans did, but if there's a way to get him for, uh, I'm having a hard time coming up with a one year number. You almost have to sign him for three years. I guess if, I, I guess if I could sign him for three years for 30, I'd do it. I don't know yeah. if it's available now or not, but uh, but that would be the right kind of ballpark I'd be looking to do. I feel like the, that way you can spread out the cap hit a little bit. I had him mm-hmm. on a one-year five to eight million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. Um, that that probably is the same kind of cap hit in the first year yeah. as as what you're considering. Um, I just don't want to give him much long-term money because of the injury history, and it, it's extensive, and he's missed a lot of time. Um, but wow, he, when he is healthy and on the field, he can really be a game wrecker. Um, he, he's underrated as a run defender. He's really he's exceptional run defender. Yeah, I mean, he's Terrell Suggs as a run defender. And, and he's, he does not have Suggs' size to do that. But he's such he's so amazing at using length to dictate first contact that he really makes him a great run defender. Yeah, and I think combine that with the upside that he has as a pass rusher and, you know, if, if that kind of value contract is out there, he's someone who it, it would be hard to pass on. And I think he could be a good fit in the Raven system as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not surprising. There's a reason why he was the number one pick, not all that long ago in 2014. I'll give you a, uh, a bargain basement chip that might be oh, a really big risk, but still is interesting. Alden Smith at age 32 missed four consecutive years with a variety of off field issues. 
and it was a big variety, including non-lethal domestic violence, which you know the Ravens just love in terms of theirs. But there's a player uh, who probably could be had for the vet minimum or a little bit more, uh, wasn't terrible in Dallas last year, and probably still has a little bit left in the tank as a pass rusher at least. Yeah, so I think you know the the issue with the with the checkered past is something that might keep him off the Ravens' radar um, with with some of the issues that the Ravens have had as well. Um, but I do think he could be a good kind of bargain basement player. I mean, he he played a lot of snaps last year for the Cowboys, and he played pretty well. Like he wasn't exceptional, but he definitely had his moments. He was he's still able to get after the quarterback. You know, four years, like you said, away from football and able to get on the football field in week one and, you know, make some plays. That's pretty impressive. And and he definitely has some some you know get up still in, in the tank. And maybe those four years off he was able to not have so much wear and tear on his body and he, he's a little fresher than a 32 year old should be. Mm-hmm. So I think it's definitely worth considering whether or not the Ravens would consider. I don't know. What a hall of fame career he wasted with a bunch of, bunch of stupidity. But uh, anyway, uh, a shame that he's there. Is there another bargain? Because we can talk about a, a number of guys. I got, I got, I'll, let me throw out six names and you tell me <laughs> who you think would be any decent in this group. So we have, we have Samson Ebicom available. Carlos Dunlap, who's 32, will be 32. Ryan Kerrigan will be 33. Everson Griffin will be 34. Bruce Irvin will be 34. So we got the over the hill gang here. And Trent Murphy will be 31. So I think of that group, my favorite candidate would be Carlos Dunlap. Yeah, Just too. because, you know, we've seen him across the line of scrimmage for a decade in Cincinnati. And he's been a really good player for them. And he got traded last year to Seattle and he really actually turned around their defense. He, he helped them a great deal when he got there. He still has something in the tank. I'm not sure exactly how he fits in as, as a standup outside linebacker. That's a question I'm not, I'd have to, you know, ponder a little bit more, but I think just as an edge defender, he still has a lot to offer. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's my question on a player like Carlos Dunlap. If you get him at the right price, does it matter if he fits your defense exactly? I mean, the Ravens play a four man front on pass downs, so they could still use him as a, as a edge pass rusher. I think you can probably get value out of him as inside pass rusher, but, but let's say they want to use him on the edge because that's where he's comfortable rushing from. I still think there's an opportunity to do that. Yeah, I, I definitely like him a lot as as a potential, you know, bargain. Um, the other guy you mentioned that I was have some interest in would be Trent Murphy. He's a little younger. Um, he's had some productive years. Um, he's kind of taken a backseat at least his past year in Buffalo. He's had a reduced snap count, but he's still pretty productive as as a pass rusher. I think he's someone that you know could be a rotational guy that the, the Ravens could bring in. Not not unreasonable, and I guess. I'm trying to think of Murphy has played in a four, three system. So he's, he's been a guy who maybe you get him a little bit better pass rush opportunities by squeezing him to the outside or make him a little more effective as a run defender. He's got that good size. You like the length at six, six, two sixty to, to do some, uh, you know, have run defense responsibilities and not be exclusively a pass rusher, but he has pretty typically in, in Buffalo been used as a pass rusher. Yeah. And there's one other guy who I would mention here. He's not quite as, old as these he's just coming off his rookie contract uh, that's Tacris McKinley um, he, he was drafted his first round um, down in Atlanta um, he was waived um, picked up by Oakland then went on injured reserve I don't know if he played for them at all but 
you know, he he's a decent rotational pass rusher. I think he's he's got some you know burst off the edge. He can get after the passer. Um, he's not someone who's going to be an outstanding guy in terms of run defense. He's not going to drop into coverage for you very much. But you know, as someone you might be able to get at a kind of a value contract, he might be worth the look. Yeah, is it? I mean, obviously, very interesting when he did get released. Um, you, you know that that uh, they was picked up, and, and they released Atlanta released him early, and I forgot exactly what the reason was. And then where did he end up? Who who picked him up? The Raiders. The Raiders. Las okay. Vegas Raiders, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm still getting used to that too. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So the Raiders picked him up, and I did he play for the Raiders? Was the other case, or did he not play for the Raiders? This I don't think he played. I don't think he played. I think he was pretty much put on IR immediately. He might have played one game. I'm kind mm-hmm. of curious about that now. Interesting. So uh, yeah, he's a year removed from being a, a, a you know a pretty good pass rusher. But you know, it's I, I agree with you. A, a young guy is almost always worth taking a chance on, and and he won't turn 26 until November. So from that perspective, you know, I, I I'd like the gamble on a player like McKinney, but uh, but the price has got to be right, and I, I wonder what some what some other team is going to be willing to pay. Yeah, I don't know what what that what that market would be for him. I mean, we've named a lot of different free um potential free agents who are going to be out there there's not that much money available i can't see him getting much of a, a considerable contract anywhere you're right he should fit in that middle class and if the ravens want to want to scour the bargain bin he may be the kind of guy who who gets a shot i i wonder if a player like pernell mcphee would have an opportunity with another lesser not less not necessarily lesser team but more cap constrained team to play for a similar contract. Because one of the interesting things that may happen is you may have a lot of players who are not going to be, not going to have their full contractual rich, wishes and riches uh, fulfilled this offseason. But you'll have a middle class who's going to be very severely denied and is going to end up being cheap talent that people can have in the, in the lot of cheap bargains, I think, in the two to three million range. But there may be another class of players at the bottom end who end up having a broader set of opportunities because they can play for some of the teams who do have serious cap problems uh, by being brought in on a one-year deal at the vet minimum plus the bonus allowed to keep it at the cap minimum. Yeah, you know, that's, a, that's a really interesting question. And it might allow someone like that to play for a contender, like if they wanted mm-hmm. to, because a lot of those contenders are the ones who are pushing the cap. Um, and they might just have the ability to bring in someone like that. I could see that being an attractive option for a number of free agents. Right. So if you want to play for the Rams or you want to play for uh, New England's not in jeopardy, so that they're not a good team to do it. But uh, maybe Kansas City would be a similar team that's that's got some cap yeah. trouble that would, would have a chance. All right. Outstanding discussion here, Gabe. Always love talking football with you. Tell people where people can find your stuff. So you can find me on Twitter. At um, Gabe Fergie is probably where I'm uh, most active. Um I do co-host the Situation Room podcast with Jordan Coe. Um, I had to get on him to record because he's been kind of hiding from me recently. But <laughs> I swear we will have something coming out shortly. Um, but yeah, um, I always love coming on the podcast, Ken. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun every single time. It's a great discussion. I love talking football with you. All right, me too. So Jordan, Jordan will be on for one of the other ones. I think Jordan is doing offensive line, and uh, and that'll be recorded as early as tomorrow. But that doesn't mean it'll be out yet then. So uh, it'll be a while yet before it posts. But anyway, really appreciate having you on, 
and we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.